0: Welcome into the 30 for 30 Club podcast. I am your host, John Thorpe, joined as always by Bobby Nemeth. It is August 29th, 2020, 2020, 2020s. 2020, uh, 2022. Bobby uh, was kind enough to pay me an in-person visit in the last week. So Bobby, you want to tell the listeners what your journey to Portland was uh, all about uh, other than me?
1: I mean, that's it. It was just you. It was just you, John. Um, yeah, we decided to take kind of a spontaneous trip down to Portland, one of our favorite chefs that we watched on Top Chef when we followed on social media. He finally got his uh, his restaurant open, K-A-N-N, in uh, Portland. Uh, he's been trying to open it for three years. He was supposed to open in 2020. COVID hit. Obviously that didn't happen, so it's been a long journey for him, and People have been really wa- awaiting this. It's been highly anticipated. And uh, he his family's from Haiti, so all the food there is Haitian food. So it's kind of a new experience. And um, it's also really cool to be like at the chef's counter and then seeing this chef that's been on like Top Chef for the last six seasons. He's a celebrity chef, just so like, right there. And he actually he said hey to me. We talked for like a second. And uh, he just said, hey, I kept my that cool. He said, How are you guys doing? I said, Good man, happy to be here. You guys have had a long journey. Uh, we're excited to be here. He says, Oh, thanks for being here. So, pretty cool. If I might add, Hannah said that I, I seem pretty chill and I seem pretty cool, even though on the inside I was, uh, I was extremely nervous. But
0: you're blushing,
1: I was blushing a little bit. He probably saw it, but yeah, man, it was, uh, it was a cool, fun experience. The food was delicious. It's very spicy so if you do have a low tolerance for um spice just look out if you're in the northwest area you're looking for a hot new restaurant but you're not good with spice uh you're gonna get kicked in the teeth um but outside of that it was um uh, it was really fun to explore a different culture through food and cuisine and it's one of our favorite things um but we came down a little early before dinner and we got lunch with john and his wife christy uh we went to a
2: Nong's Cow Mongai I think is a restaurant they're famous for their chicken rice um
1: I believe Vietnamese chicken rice and so we hung out we went to a coffee shop after that and we just chilled and I got to see my special boo for a little bit for a couple hours John and I, it made me very happy
0: and we couldn't stay off of sports for like more than 15 minutes at a no. time conversation always kept coming back so we got a lot even though we got it out of our system a little bit on Saturday, we've got plenty more today. It's, it just never ends. It's like, That's the point. It's like a pool that, you know... That's why we do this. That's why we do the always podcast. Always refills.
1: 100%. So what do we got right. for this week, John? Uh, what do we got?
0: Let's start with our non-MLB news, as we usually do. Um, the biggest news that came across the basketball landscape other than the storm winning in the playoffs yesterday. Go see Bird. Uh, go they Storm will play again go on Seattle. Wednesday against the Aces. But uh aside from that, another Northwest star, Chet Holmgren, you might have heard of him. Gonzaga, 7 foot 190 pounds on after he eats a meal maybe.
1: You might um, you might mistake him for the uh mythical beast Slenderman, man as well they're somewhat of identical beings
0: he was playing uh, i guess this was a little over a week ago in seattle in uh, jamal crawford's pro am basketball league which is uh a really cool league if you haven't heard of it. it jamal crawford's from seattle he had a long illustrious nba career and every summer he brings back a lot of current and former nba players to play in seattle because it's a city that deserves a sports team and we won't or deserves an nba team we won't go down that tangent but jamal (laughs) crawford's doing what he can to get the basketball back in seattle so chet was playing and he was defending none other than lebron james uh the king on a fast break and was kind of like Backpedaling to the basket, put his arms up to jump and contest the shot, and then clearly uh hurt his foot and kind of was hopping on it. And a lot of people were saying, like, oh, this is it was a result of condensation on the court. But one of the analysis I heard was actually like if the condensation was an issue at that time, he would have just slipped right. rather than like he clearly didn't fall, he just Landed on it wrong and then kept going and was hopping on it. But anyway, he's going to be out for his entire rookie season. He was drafted second overall by the Thunder. And it's just, it's, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people were really down on Chet because of his awkward profile, physical profile. And unfortunately for him, he's just, he's not going to hear the end of it because people are going to say, ah, you know, he was a bust because of his body weight he doesn't have any muscle blah blah what was your reaction bobby
1: i mean i think i text you that the very first time he carded
2: lebron james he had a season season ending injury so you know it's coincidental probably
1: but i think it's A little ironic that he's been everybody's been so critical of his stature and his physique, and then the first time he goes up against a very elite physique, he gets injured. I mean, I just think that's that's very um um very fitting for the for the tale that's being told about him. You know, Joel Embiid missed his first season, his whole rookie season due to injury, and his career turned out to be pretty good, so like these things do happen, but I think for him, the question isn't is he going to bounce back from injury? It's can he physically compete in the NBA? And, uh, he, you know, LeBron's 280. Um, Chet is seven, whatever, seven, one, seven, two. Like he's not going to be guarding small guards, he's going to be guarding physical, strong, athletic, fast athletes. Um, and if this is any representation of how that's going to go, he's going to have a pretty short career.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely something that I think he recognized he needed to put on weight and all the indications were that he's, he's trying as hard as he can, like gotta eat at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do with your DNA. Um, I mean, tell that to people who are like, you know, have uh gray hair at 20 years old, you know, you can dye it, but you can't, you can't cover it up forever. Um and so yeah he uh, by all indications he works out in the gym he likes weightlifting he eats as much as he possibly can and it just doesn't stick to his bones he's got to be and
1: doing 10k a day 10k challenge a day
0: one silver lining of this that was pointed out is um now he has an entire year to just focus on getting big just putting on muscle yeah, because w- sit on one his of ass the hard and parts- eat. <laughs> one of the hard parts about the nba is that you know a lot of these players will put on muscle during the off season and then they'll actually lose it as the season goes on because they're just burning so many calories mm-hmm. that there's no way they can replenish the amount of um calories they're burning on a nightly basis so you know if you if you sit out a year you don't have to deal with that <laughs> and uh, maybe he'll come back jacked a year from now
1: he'll, he'll get the zion treatment but this will be the ideal. Wait, right get injured gain i did pounds.
0: i did think it was uh quite an interesting coincidence that this happened in seattle when it, he is the star player of the oklahoma city thunder who stole the sonics away from seattle so maybe the demons were exercised exorcised <laughs>
1: i mean i mean i think there's somebody out there that definitely believes in that
2: there's something, some gray cloud hanging over in the Seattle
0: area. It's about time we got some revenge on the Thunder. Anyway. That's my that's own spiteful, bias. Spiteful. I would never wish, Bobby, I would never wish injuries upon anybody. Okay. Uh, moving on to the MLB. We, we've we got a lot to cover here. Um, some things quicker than others. Yes. So let's Go with the front office news that the owner of the Ana Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Did I get that right?
1: You got that right. Good job.
0: Is looking to potentially sell the team in the short term. I think he bought the team twenty about twenty years ago, is that right? Yeah, I you think I saw that. Real quick, I was seeing
1: that
2: and I was like, wait a minute. The Angels sold right after they won the world series because they won in
1: 2002 and i think he's been the owner since 2003 so i'm a little confused by that i haven't really looked into that i think maybe they used to be owned by disney or something and then he bought them after they won the world series there's something going on there i I need to get to the bottom of that but i thought that was really interesting
0: yeah and the um owner is art moreno uh, who, looking it up here, he he purchased them from the Walt Disney Company. Like ah, you said. see,
1: yeah, okay, I remember a little bit.
0: Uh, but anyway, the Angels are kind of a laughing stock of baseball. They have two of the best players in the entire league, and they can't do anything with them. They can barely sustain a five hundred record for more than a couple months. And when I When we were texting about this news, Bobby, you were saying you thought that this was uh, like Moreno, the owner, is just like admitting defeat and like. We didn't get it done. I'm tired of losing. I don't want to be part of this organization anymore. Explain that. That's
1: exactly what it is. He's sick of investing money into something that he's not getting the return for. You know, and I. Every move that he seems to make seems to be the wrong move. They signed Albert Pujols. He wasn't terrible, but he certainly wasn't the player he was for St. Louis, and he deteriorated pretty quickly. They signed Josh uh, Hamilton to a huge contract. Did nothing for them. Was out of the league in two years after that. Anthony Rendon, nothing. Whoop, gone. Injury every year. They have Mike Trout. Great, drafted. Best player... Generational talent doesn't matter, can't make playoffs. Shohei Otane, generational talent doesn't matter, can't make playoffs. So, no matter what he does, whatever players he has on his team, managers he fired, uh, Joe Madden earlier this season, thinking that maybe that would turn it around. Nope, they got worse, they got way worse. So, yeah, I think he's just admitting defeat and saying, Yep, I can't do it, I try to spend my money and sign players. and. Uh, Listen to my baseball experts and fire and hire and so on. And uh, nothing's working. It's been 20 years. Don't have a championship. Been seven, eight years since we've been to the playoffs. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. I admit defeat. Gonna cut my costs. So yeah, I think that's exactly what's happening.
0: And we should say that Forbes valued the franchise at $2.2 billion in uh, March of this year. So that could have something to do with it too.
1: I mean, I'm sure most Major League Baseball organizations are close to, if not more than, $2 billion.
0: Real quick, do you think that this means uh, Mike Trout or Shohei could be uh, on their way out? Yeah,
1: 100%. I mean, look what, we, year, look what we just saw with Juan Soto. They're trying, to, they're trying to sell that team. They put an extension out there. It didn't work. Immediately traded. They got rid of him whoever's going to come by this team from Artie Moreno is going to want to have some answers with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. One thing with Trout is that he's under contract. He's got a long contract. They've already invested the money in him. So they don't necessarily necessarily need an answer there. But what I do think it means is that Shohei Otani is either going to not be an angel before next season, or he's going to get traded before the season ends. So, I I would doubt that a year from now Shohei Otani is on the Angels. I think that's what that says for sure. As far as Mike Trout goes, I, I don't know. Again, he's he's just sitting there. He's just going to be stuck there. Yeah, he's just going to be sitting there. He's got his money, he's collecting his 400 plus million dollars and his whatever 13-year deal and uh yeah, they don't have to do anything with him, but it would be interested What my guess would be is that most of the time when new management comes in, new ownership comes in, is they clean books. They clean the books. So because Trout does have such a huge financial impact on that club, they'd want him traded to clear their books. Same with somebody like Anthony Rendon. So I wouldn't be shocked. You saw the Marlins do that when Derek Cheater and his partnership group bought the uh, Marlins. Giancarlo Stanton had just signed a giant extension a year before, I believe, and then they traded him. So... I would bet that when they sell, uh, one of the first things that they're going to do is they're going to clear out Mike Trout, all their financials, and uh, basically start from scratch. That's my guess. I
0: think it speaks to the power and the gravity of the city that Mike Trout has it just been content this whole time. Like, could you imagine if he was in Milwaukee through all of this? Like, he he'd have asked for a trade by now. <laughs> You think Los
1: Angeles helps? Yeah, you're probably right.
0: Like at least he gets to go to the just, beach. I don't know him personally, but every celebrity seems to, you know, put aside their qualms as long as they're in L.A. I mean, look at LeBron; he just signed an extension with an awful team that missed the playoffs, as he's trying to win a couple more rings before he retires. But it's L.A.
2: Yeah, how bad I, I can don't, it be? I will
1: say with Mike Trout is that he is a pretty unique superstar he is very quiet he definitely shies away from the limelight um he loves going back to pennsylvania or new jersey i think it's like some i think it's no it's it's pennsylvania he's like right on the border i think he's from the philadelphia area he likes living a quiet life he doesn't like being in the spotlight so I don't necessarily know that Los Angeles is that big of an appeal because of that, because he's very private. He's very quiet. Um, so, I, you know, I think he's just a loyal guy. I think he's a really simple, loyal guy, and that's what keeps him there. I don't think L.A. has anything to do with it. So just to contradict what you're saying, I could bet that if he was in Milwaukee that he would probably still be loyal to that team. I think he's just that type of person.
0: All right. Yeah, I do appreciate that about him, that he's uh... – He could stir up a lot more drama than he does for the stature and status. Yeah, he he
1: just doesn't live for it. Doesn't live for the drama. Uh,
0: Another little quick tidbit. Speaking of uh, superstars in the league, O'Neill Cruz, rookie for the Pittsburgh Pirates, shortstop, uh, who has been compared to Aaron Judge by a lot of uh, scouts, recorded the fastest exit velocity ever, uh, coming off his... That's when the ball comes off your bat at 122.4 miles per hour. Uh, We should say the fastest ever recorded. Obviously, this technology is fairly recent. But uh, O'Neill Cruz, just uh, the hardest hitter in baseball.
1: Well, I think what you kind of brought up and why we're bringing this up is this is his rookie season. He's only been up for a couple months, and he's already showing what an exceptional talent he is. He also recorded, I believe, we're talking about exit velocity off the bat. He also recorded the hardest throw from shortstop to first base in stat cast history as well. So this guy just does it above and beyond. I don't think he's gonna stay at shortstop. He's six foot seven. You talk about Aaron Judge, like the same size. He's not as uh, he's a little more lanky than Judge. Judge is a little beefy um but O'Neill Cruz is too tall to be at shortstop. He'll be he'll be in the outfield at some point, especially with that arm strength. Um, but man, yeah, I'm super excited to see this guy's career continue to build and the things that he's gonna do. We talked about Giancarlo Stanton a little bit earlier and like the ball that comes off his bat and how hard is he like it's exciting. Like this is the type of baseball player that baseball needs. It's some guy that goes out and is just different. The ball comes off the bat different, out of his hand different. He's a giant in stature as well, so he catches the eye. Um, yeah, O'Neill Cruz is uh he's gonna be a dominant force in the game. As long as he stays healthy, he's got a he's got a big frame for being in the infield. So as long as he stays healthy, he's gonna he's gonna put up a lot of highlights.
0: It's good to have a superstar back in Pittsburgh. You know, Andrew McCutcheon for all those years was just yeah. alone. Yeah, man. Outfield, it was fun but, when Pittsburgh was good. Um, but, I mean,
1: they're not good uh, right now, but maybe they can be around him.
0: I have a soft spot for Pittsburgh because they were my first Little League team. So, first Little League Always stayin loyal, staying I ever got.
1: Always staying loyal. Appreciate Pirates. that. Love that. Yep. Well, speaking of All young right. stars, John, who else we got? What are the big news Julio. with young star?
0: That's right. So, another rookie... Uh, who has signed an extension before his first year of professional uh, MLB level baseball, before that first season's even over, Julio Rodriguez, center fielder for the Mariners, uh, signed one of the most complex deals that I've seen in the MLB. In anything. In Uh, anything. I was able to stumble upon a flow chart that was created by a fan to summarize the complexity of this deal. But, you know, it's going to be a little hard to describe verbally, so I'll just say it's club option followed by player option followed by, I think, another club option. There's a lot of branches to this flowchart of, you know, what each side decides starting in 2028 and continuing on through 2030.
1: Ended end of 2034 2034 which is like what <laughs> what
0: 12 years from now uh but we should say that the base compensation i believe came out at 240 million so he he will at a minimum make that much if if all the options are declined and all that stuff right and then there's incentives Uh, Intertwined in there that can get it up to above four hundred million dollars, I believe. Something like four hundred and fifty
1: million dollars. There's something crazy. Like I'm looking at this flow chart and it still doesn't make sense. But he can. I think his contract can be anywhere between fourteen and twenty years, and he can make between two hundred and what do you say? I thought it was two hundred and ten, or two
2: hundred forty
1: whatever that is, between 240 and $450 million. So, and there's so many different branches on, like, MVP voting, all-star appearances, awards, all of that, that changes his contract. So, like, depending on how many Which votes apparently... he gets and where he places and whatnot, if he actually wins. And,
0: and apparently, he was the one that wanted that those incentives in there. I saw a report that... Wild. You know, a lot of teams. That a lot of times the teams will say, "Well, you have to be an all-star. You have to finish top five MVP voting, bo- kind of as like a carrot to dangle." And right. they're like, "Yeah, you're pr- you're probably not going to get that." But usually, that's like um, an extra
1: two hundred and fifty grand or something. It's not like an extra eight years, two hundred million dollars.
0: But Julio, reportedly, this was his idea, and he said, "I like the added pressure."
1: He's a different cat. He, he really is like a
0: driven guy. Get the
1: bag, man! Like you don't know what's gonna happen. Get the bag, get that generational yeah. money. I'm not saying two hundred and forty million dollars isn't generational money, but get the bag.
0: The other cool thing is that uh, I saw a report that his teammates went to the signing of his contract, which was a few hours before they needed to show up to batting practice. So it was completely like unnecessary optional kind of a thing and like almost the whole team showed up to watch him sign it and just that kind of speaks to the gravity that his personality has on that sure. locker room
1: yeah he's going to be that... the
0: leader in that clubhouse
1: and they're looking at it for the next decade at least and uh he seems to have the uh disposition to do Charisma. it so yeah his teammates are already behind him uh they're obviously a lot better when he's in the lineup, not just because of the statistics that he puts up in performance. He just has, like you said, the charisma and the energy um, to get people to follow him and believe in him and believe in the team. And yeah, man, I think it's a good signing by the Mariners. It's good to see them invest in their future for once. Like sure. They signed Robinson Cano, whatever, 10 plus years ago or 10 years ago. This is a little different. This is somebody that's from the farm system. This is, um, homegrown uh, and Julio's cool man he's really fun to watch in person great personality I couldn't be happier for the team for him
0: yeah it's good to have a superstar back in Seattle I mean Felix was really in my opinion the last superstar the franchise had um, and and you know he I think I think he really enjoyed Seattle but he didn't have quite the same charisma that right that Julio does you know I, Felix, I think um, he liked it. He liked being the best player on the team for sure. But he he wasn't like trying to get out there in the community and kind of like be the the leader of all the young guys, be in the face the of the franchise,
1: guy. right? So this is good news, yeah. and this is good news for baseball. I I like all these. It's exciting when free agency hits and somebody that is getting off the rookie deal is like, okay, they're finally hitting the market. But it's also really fun to see these homegrown players, like, stick it out and be loyal to their franchise. And see, the Braves um, are one of the better representations of that. They have all their young guns. They got Austin Riley, Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna, all locked Harris up. Michael Harris now locked up. So they really are investing in their youth. And I think that's, it's interesting, because I think, the, like, this year and last year, we're kind of seeing the trends of how to build a team um, change a little bit. Get a young good player, you lock them up. You're not even, you don't want even to risk free agency, and so with that, you're going to see a lot of core uh, teams for the next ten years, uh, and I think that's really cool. And obviously, I'm a little biased because you know my favorite team, not just the Yankees, but my favorite team of all time was the Core Four of the Yankees. You know, they had the same guys: they had Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit, Corey Posada, Derek Jeter for you know nearly 15 years straight. So. It's really cool to see that formula come back.
0: Definitely. We'll see uh who joins Julio in that that future core for O'Neill Cruz. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> that would that'd would be pretty fun. Uh okay. Uh another player who is uh just going to be iconic I think by the time he retires and we don't give this guy enough credit. Is uh Paul Goldschmidt Goldie for the St. Louis Cardinals? Goldie came up with the Arizona Diamondbacks and was basically good from the start. I think his timeline matches that of Mike Trout's. They're they're kind of in parallel to each other, where they just they came up around the same time and they were just good right away. Um, but Paul Goldschmidt is in the hunt for a triple crown. Do you think he will get it, Bobby? I think he's got a good shot. A little over a month.
1: Yeah, I think he's got a good shot. I think he leads not only the National League. Also, if anybody doesn't know what the Triple Crown is, the Triple Crown is any um, offensive player that leads their respective league in batting average, in home runs, and RBIs. And it's only happened one time in the last 55 years. And that was Miguel Cabrera, I believe, 10 years ago. Exactly. And but before that, it hadn't happened in 45 years. So it's, it's a really, really prestigious um, title, and really unique and rare thing to happen in baseball. And it just doesn't happen in the new age of baseball happened a lot in the dead ball era, going in through the 30s, 50s and 60s. But like I said, it happen for 45 years happened 10 years ago. Now this might happen again. So Really uh, amazing, amazing feat. And so right now, Paul Goldschmidt is, I think, one home run back in the National League. He is leading the league in RBIs and leading by, I think, a pretty good margin in batting average. So all he has to do is catch up on home runs. And like I said, he's only one home run away. And Kyle Schwarber is leading the league, and he hasn't done shit in weeks. So Goldschmidt's getting hot, and Schwarber's cold. So there's a really good shot that he does win the Triple Crown. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I I think it could happen. I haven't looked at the who's behind him in the home run category. Um, but in, in a while now, but you and I were saying earlier this season that Paul Goldschmidt's really, you know, was a player that I think was gonna just kinda uh I don't know what the right word is, just kinda play his way down to being like an average a league average hitter for the rest of his career like i never I thought he'd fall that. off a, I, I i never thought he'd fall off a cliff or anything but he he was trending towards just kind of becoming a league average hitter and he has really had a renaissance this year i
2: mean he's, better than he's he ever incredible. was in his
0: you know uh, in his I think he was a MVP candidate he
1: was he 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 got some MVP votes when he was in, in Arizona. Career. like this isn't like he hasn't come out of nowhere' he's, he hasn't been under a rock. Right. he's just not He's one of those players that is an elite player, but he just kind of falls short of that spotlight. He just hasn't been that player that has jumped out and people thought of as the best player in baseball, the best hitter when you look at his statistics, every single year, he's like in the top five in all of those triple crown categories. And he's been consistently doing that for 10 years, it seems like. So this is not come out of he's nowhere. Kind of... He's just, you know, he's having the best career, um, best year of his career right now. And that's why it's catching everybody's attention.
0: He reminds me a little bit of Freddie Freeman in that just like year in and year out, one of the best solid guys that probably doesn't get enough attention right like freddie freeman got a lot of attention last year because of the world series run and stuff helps when you win uh freddie freeman was really good before that too yes you know for years and years and years just put up 300 batting average with like 25 to 30 home runs
1: every year so i uh i'm rooting for him i hope he gets it i think it'd be really good for baseball be good for him and uh it's just it's an exciting storyline
0: yeah. Uh next piece of news we'll go with uh the M the minor league baseball uh association? Players association. <laughs> the minor league baseball is it's becoming a baseball. part of the um MLBPA Players Association, which is huge. Um because I think we've talked about this months ago about how just how tough it is for minor league players to put Live. food on the table, yeah. like, quite literally. Uh, and so unionizing is a big step forward for them to be able to uh, get paid fairly for what they do. And, you know, they, in a lot of places, they are paid less than minimum wage.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I that. I think this is a huge step. And I think it was a necessary step too, because major league baseball was clearly not, they were almost they were intentionally keeping them in that kind of um that poverty level they weren't going to help improve the standards and the quality of life for minor league players and so they were able to unionize through the major league baseball players association and so now when um there's a cba and collective bargaining agreement it affects minor league baseball players too not just major league baseball players so this is a huge win huge step and um you know, I don't have a lot of details moving forward and what exactly this is going to do, but it's going to cr- increase. Man, you, you know, I'm just thinking about this. Like, you know, the pain in the ass we just had with the lockout and players in Major League Baseball, and now they're going to be adding all of these things involving minor league baseball players and increasing their salaries and quality of life. We're never going to sign another CBA again, I don't think. Like, this is it. Like, baseball is over. <laughs> like... The next five years, it's the twilight.
0: All right, I guess the podcast's over. We'll see you guys next week.
1: But you know, on a you know, just like equal rights footing, this is really, really good news for minor league baseball. And uh, I hope some good can come of it. And I hope the owners aren't too stingy. They will be, but hopefully, they can come to some sort of agreement to support their lives because. You know, when you're a minor league baseball player, your whole life is baseball. It's a full time job every day, but you only play, you know, five months out of the year and they only pay you five months out of the year and they only pay you four, five months at a small wage. So if you can imagine working um, full time at a grocery store, but you only work for five months out of the year and the other seven months, they're just like, yeah, good luck. That's not going to be enough wage like you're not gonna be able you can't live on that it is simply not a living wage and so a lot of these minor league baseball players that still have to invest even in the off season so much time to their craft they still have to go get another job it's just it's ridiculous because minor major league baseball minor league baseball is still getting a lot of money off of these teams and attendance and so on Um, but they're not willing to pay them a yearly salary really a yearly livable wage. So. Anyways, I digress.
0: Well, and they have cut a lot of minor league teams right. since COVID started. Right. So you wonder if maybe that is a good sign for the players that there's less uh, competition to go around in terms of getting a reasonable wage as a minor league player. You know, it's there's fewer mouths to feed, so to speak.
1: Well, that was their plan. And I got to assume now that they've unionized, they might not. I, I don't know. Again all this entails but they might not be able just to cut teams
2: willy-nilly because they don't want to pay them yeah
0: we'll see back to simpler times and uh in the moment the playoffs um we have two teams that are on the outside looking in one that we did not expect to be on the outside and one that we did expect to be on the outside that we didn't expect to be this close, right, so the Baltimore Orioles and the Milwaukee Brewers are those teams, one and a half games out uh and the question is, can they sneak in Bobby
1: i'm gonna let you answer that before I put my opinion on that what do you What do you think Milwaukee and Baltimore? What do you think
0: yeah uh I'm gonna say no to Baltimore for sure. Um Not because I dislike Baltimore, but um, I kind of think that the a l playoff picture the wild card picture is set you know i think I think that the right now it's the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Mariners in the wild card spots, and I think those teams are better than the Orioles, and I think they're better than the twins. I think they're better than the white sox, so I'd be happy if. Playoffs just started tomorrow.
2: So you don't like, think let's anything's gonna change, huh? let's get those teams.
0: I mean,
1: we're we're sitting with a division title right now, so the way we're trending, the Yankees, I would be happy to end the season right right this second, just to solidify that. But going oh, well back, never
0: mind, we should keep playing.
1: <laughs> going back. Uh man, pessimistic. I think the Orioles got a shot. For sure I do you know, the uh, the Orioles have been really consistent. They have the best record in the AL since the All-Star break. And Toronto is such a, I mean, you know, so are the Yankees, I guess. But Toronto's such a polarizing team because they can be really good and they're really hot and then they're really bad and they start losing. And so they're really um, volatile. And Tampa Bay is another team that I just can't pinpoint because they, they're they kind of mediocre for a while and they're really good for 10-15 games and then they're mediocre and they're good for 10-15 games i think tampa bay sticks it i don't think they're going anywhere i think seattle sticks it i don't think they're going anywhere i do think that baltimore and this is crazy to think but i do think baltimore has a shot to take over toronto i really do toronto just got swept by the angels it's not a good sign so you know, Baltimore's got a lot of young, hungry talents, um, but they have way better pitching and bullpen than Toronto does. And at the end of the day, when you get towards the end of the season, when your offensive players are tired and they've been playing for 140 games, it's your pitching and it's your bullpen that's going to pull you through. So Baltimore's got one of the best bullpens in the league. I could see it happening.
0: So the it's really just a five-team race. It's Tampa Bay, Seattle, Toronto. Baltimore, Minnesota. You don't think no, that Chicago's the done. White Sox or Boston are no, getting No, Chicago's it. done. Yeah. Minnesota is not going to get a
1: wild card spot. I think they could maybe sneak in to win the division again, flip-flop with Cleveland. It's only a two-game lead, and I don't think either of those teams are very good. So it just kind of depends who's playing. Who has the hotter September? That's it. But I think both of those teams, out of all of the six potential playoff teams i think whoever wins the central is the weakest team in that race in that format so yeah no chicago's no and like you said i think it is like a five a five team race
2: yeah
0: and then in the nl uh i did not answer your question about the brewers Uh, Because I was stalling, and now I'm still stalling. So the Brewers, one and a half (laughs) games back, San Diego, Philly, and Atlanta are the teams that they have to push out of the way. I mean, it could be San Diego. San Diego hasn't looked very good. It's true. It's true. There's Milwaukee. So what are you saying? Are you saying yes or no? Give me an answer. I'll say yes. I'll say they'll take either San Diego or Philly. Uh, Philly's surprisingly winning, and it's got several Bryce Harper games back. over 500. So I guess I'll say San Diego. I'll say that the Padres have a huge disappointment of a season.
1: I kind of agree with you, to be honest. And I don't think Milwaukee's that good. They've been playing really bad the last month or so. Certainly they're not going to win that division. St. Louis is going to run away with it. But... The way San Diego is playing, I think, is probably worse than Milwaukee, and that's why I can kind of give the nod to, to Milwaukee to overtake them for that 6C, six, six that final wildcard spot, because surprisingly, since that, the trade deadline, San Diego's been kind of rubbish. They added all those bats, I mean, all really good bats, and uh, they haven't been able to win. So, I mean, Milwaukee was having the same issue. They traded away Hater, and it killed the clubhouse, and they just played like shit. But they seem to be kind of pulling themselves back, and San Diego's not. So, um, Milwaukee and Baltimore, by the way, are both a game and a half out. So, they're really, they're they're nipping at the heels. And so, that could happen anytime. So, I kind of agree with you. I think that, um, I think Milwaukee is probably going to overtake them because San Diego
0: just seems dead in the water. I do want to say a little unrelated it's crazy that the Giants are five uh, four games under 500 after the season they had last year. They've
1: had a lot of injuries this season. They lost Gosman, they lost uh what's his name? Descalfini or whatever whatever. They've lost a lot of
0: Descalfani. St-
1: okay, Descalfani. Uh a lot of their starters. I mean their pitching was absolutely historic last year and they lost a lot of that pitching depth. Their offense also was way overperformed they led the league in home runs last year like how so their offense came back down to earth and then they have so much injuries within the pitching and really their pitching is what they need they don't have it so i'm actually shocked they're even around 500 uh i think if they get back healthy this is a team that'll compete next year so i think they'll be fine this it just is not the year for them
0: yeah all right let us wrap up our uh, current MLB news with your Yankees who did not have as dreadful of a week. No, technically, but
1: still like, so we, after last week, our podcast last week was talking about how bad we were. and We were, and then we ended up winning five games in a row. Uh, we swept the two game series against the Mets, beat Max Scherzer. Good wins. Uh, Took the first two uh, against Oakland. We started a West Coast trip, starting off against Oakland and then now against the Angels, two really bad teams in the West. Won the first two games against the A's in Oakland, beat them 13 to 4, and then 3 to 2 in the second game, and then um, proceeded to absolutely die at the plate. And we lost the last two of that series. So we split a four game set with the A's, who are potentially the worst team in baseball. And we couldn't score. The two starters in the games that we lost had a combined ERA of 12.
2: And we couldn't score a run. In fact, in that third game, we only got one hit in 11 innings against the worst pitching, probably, in baseball. So something, I
1: don't know what it is. Like, these are very talented players, very talented hitters. There is something mentally wrong. With their approach. There's something mentally wrong because talent wise, it's there. Uh mentally, they are not there. There is no reason in the world that we should get one hit by the Oakland A's. No reason. So we only score we scored two runs off of a wild pitch that game. Not even a hit. And then the next day we lost, which was yesterday, we lost four to one, scored one run on four hits. So we combined in those two games against the A's which would be 20 innings, five hits, three runs. I don't know what's going on. It, I, as soon as I felt like we won five in a row and we were kind of coming up, we beat the A's that first game 13-4, I'm like, okay. And then now we slip back into it. And yeah, it's two games, but like that's really bad. Really bad way to show up against the worst team in baseball. So I'm just not feeling very confident moving in into the next month like something on offensively just something's got to change like we got to get something going anyway i digress still get a seven and a half game lead on tampa bay but we've lost seven and a half games over the last month the way we've been playing so and tampa bay's playing hot
0: and you got to play them a lot so yes we do so the, uh, like, the ability for them to leapfrog you—they have six games against you in the next two weeks. So there is they won't definitely no guarantee in the next two weeks, but they could get close.
1: There is no guarantee on our division title right now, which is uh, pretty amazing to say when two months ago we were talking about breaking the win record, and now we're like, I don't know if we're going to win the division. It might not happen.
2: They got to turn it I around. most people, most people
0: think around. you're going to win the division.
2: All right. Enough of uh, MLB news. I think that's it. So we go to our fun topic of the day.
1: Yeah, we thought we'd end it on something a little, a little quirky. And we kind of were talking about that a couple days ago when we're when we met up in Portland. We said let's talk about this on the pod. So what is
0: that, John? We are going to talk about our favorite jerseys and logos in the MLB. This can include. Past, present, and future uniforms, as long Sounds as making up logos as he goes. By the way, as long as it's MLB specific, we're not going to go. We don't have enough time to talk about other sports, but we're going to go through our favorites, our least favorites, uh, and then I guess there's these things called City Connect jerseys that came out a year ago that I completely forgot about. That we will also pick a few of our favorites from that batch which is kind of like the city edition that they do in the NBA.
2: Unbelievable, John. I'm actually Ode shocked to the
0: culture of the city that the team plays in.
2: Okay, so let's um let's start out. Let's start out with some of our favorites. What do you got on your side? Okay. As much as it pains me to say, the Yankees both of their logos are
0: really well done, iconic. Uh, yeah, iconic. But but in order to become iconic, you have to have a good. You have to have a good design. Um, and I'm talking about both the N and the Y, but then also the old school one with the baseball uh, and the little ring around the baseball. Um, the old logo. I don't know when did the. Here's a piece of trivia to see if you know this, Bobby. When did the like, more modern logo for the Yankees come out. How long has that been around?
2: Okay, what's your definition of the modern logo? The
0: NY. The, that's the
2: original that. logo. Oh,
0: That's the original
2: oh, no. one? <laughs> I just died. Um,
1: yeah, that's the original logo, NY. That's always been the logo. The, the hat and the, the baseball bat and the hat where it's, like, red, white, and uh-huh. blue. That, I think, is from, like, the 20s. And I'm just literally pulling that out of my ass, and I don't know.
0: But... I found it online here. Uh, so the the overlapping NY that we know today was 1912. And then that the hat one was 1947. Oh, so
1: it's
2: much later. Okay, much later. 47. Oh.
0: It's got a very wartimey vibe to it.
2: I guess it does.
1: Red, white, and blue. Makes sense after, you know, all those players came back from the war.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to talk about the Yankees logos. Yeah, time. we can. Um, <laughs> we can. I also, I guess this is controversial. I liked when the Tampa Bay Rays <sighs> were the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. So ugly, though. And they have this really cool purple hat and purple color scheme with, like, a green and yellow and black devil ray and turquoise and it, it's just like it's I think awful. at that time i didn't love it but looking back on it now makes me nostalgic um i also think that they're just their their hat with the tb in uh light blue is just very classy it makes me think of david price in his heyday he just wore it so well David Price,
1: naturally. Some pitcher has a huge impression on you. Imagine that, John.
0: Um, the old Blue Jays, and when I say old, I mean like the um early kind of early to mid two thousands, the iteration before this current one. I liked that one. The old Baltimore Orioles, where they had the little bird on the branch that was orange. Uh that looks kinda like the Cardinals logo. Currently. Uh, I do not like the redesign that they did with the Orioles. I like the redesign. Uh, and then I have. What?
1: I like the redesign way better than that.
0: Such a cartoonish thing. It's it's very cartoony. I just don't but like it lo- Like, it looks like a kid's show.
1: I mean, these are baseball app, like mascots these are Grown and logos. men. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Some of the devil rings. Um,
0: I like You're going to hate this, but I think the Red Sox uniforms are great. Uh, I don't like their away uniforms. Their gray uniforms kind of suck, but I really like their home uniforms. And then I especially like it when they wear their red or their navy blue.
1: I don't Um, like their alternate jerseys, but I can respect and appreciate their traditional whites and grays.
0: Okay. Uh, The Diamondbacks purple jerseys from the uh, Randy Johnson days.
1: So ugly. Why do Love people it. like those retro jerseys? The D like the Devil Rays and the D-Back. It doesn't make any sense. They're so ugly.
0: I like I was watching a Giants game recently, and they were wearing their what I call their vanilla uniforms, their home uniforms that kind of are like French vanilla colored. And I really like those. <laughs> I think those are super classy. Uh and then the old Houston, when Houston was back in the NL, and they had um uh, the the black and red. Uh,
1: oh, you talking scheme. like the, the the kind of like burnt maroon, orange kind of color? Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. I I agree. I like that color scheme. I like those jerseys.
0: And then last thing is anything pinstripe. So that could be Yankees. That could be <laughs> the Detroit Tigers, Chicago White Sox, Chicago uh, Cubs, Twins used to wear white uh pinstripes a lot. Yeah, the Cubs are okay. Mets Mets uh, wear
1: pinstripes. Where's the Mets on there?
0: Yeah, uh, I've I, I don't include the Mets on anything. All right. Uh, really, I would say Detroit and New York are the ones that like
1: are in my head of wait 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 pinstripe wait. uniforms. Detroit doesn't have pinstripes. Detroit's not a pinstripe. I'm jersey. Pretty sure they have at some point. Mm, I'm fairly confident you're full of it. They do not have pinstripes. They have a clean white jersey with their logo.
0: I'm not saying, no, I'm saying in the past.
1: I don't remember, like, the, dude, the Tigers have had the same jerseys for 110 years.
0: They have had pinstripe jerseys back in, like, the 1800s.
1: <laughs> what? The uh, 1800s? Okay. <laughs> Going back then. No,
0: I, 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 I searched a Google image, and there is a pinstripe Detroit Tigers uniform.
1: I don't, that's crazy. I don't I ever remember I'll have to send one. it to you. Yes, send it to me. Anyway,
0: anything, anything pinstripe.
1: Anything pinstripe, okay. Well, I mean, obviously, I agree with the Yankees. Classic, historic, wonderful jerseys, amazing. Um, you said old Blue Jays. What do you mean? Because the new Blue Jay jerseys are f- more or less the same style as the old Blue Jays, but it's got a cleaner, newer look to it. So I love the new Blue Jays jerseys, especially like their Canada Day, where they have a little bit of red in there in their hats. Red jerseys, I think, is really cool. They have like a, and they're sometimes they have a baby blue color scheme, and I love that. Uh I think their jerseys are so clean, but I'm curious like what do you mean old? Like you like like the nineteen eighties, early nineties jerseys is that we're talking about? No, I'll uh are you talking about I'll figure out a way to show you like the late nineties, early two thousands where they had like the, the, the vest th- and like the blue sleeves. Is that what you're talking about?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm talking about the late eighties the late 90s early 2000s it might even be more mid 2000s i'm gonna share my screen unfortunately the listeners don't get to see this but i do but just google uh blue jays logos yeah let's see here um, okay i'm looking at this okay so i'm talking about this middle row.
2: no right those jerseys are so bad those are the ones yikes sorry Maybe we'll be able to introduce video
1: into our podcast at some point, so I can. Everybody can share my
2: pain. I know what ones you're talking about, like the silver and blue and whatnot. Yeah, when uh, Jose Bautista
1: was a. Uh, John's just like blue Jay. quietly, quietly trying to find images to prove his point.
2: Yeah, I know what jerseys you're talking about. Yeah, not a big fan of these. Alright. Continue on yours. Not
1: a big fan of these. I do like their new ones. I think their new jerseys are awesome. Um the Brewers. The Brewers and Padres rebrand from like two years ago. I think they have sick jerseys. I love their jerseys. The Padres with the brown, I love that. And the Brewers with like that gold and blue and like kind of retro look. Great logos. Great jerseys. I love that. Amazing. I see John is disapproving. You disapprove of both of those? We haven't gone into my least favorite section yet. Okay, well I guess You're spoiling it. I see Milwaukee on there. I thought that said New Orleans. Like, what are you? Anyways, um, Milwaukee, amazing. Love their jerseys. Um, same with the Padres. Pittsburgh, I think has a really iconic jersey set. But I particularly like their their black jerseys, and then once Pittsburgh and cursive, I think those jerseys are awesome. And they are just a really cool black and yellow color scheme. I really like them. And again, just, I like
0: their old school pirate logo.
1: Their old school pirate like logo, their,
0: right? They're more grisly guy.
1: And the Nationals, I think, have really clean jerseys. I really like their logo, their lettering. I like their home and away, their alternates. I think they do a really good job. How can you say that
0: the Angels are boring, but the Nationals no, no, no. have a Yo, good jersey? We'll get, They're like no, the same we'll get jersey. To,
1: we'll get to the City Connect and why I put boring, okay? Let's not get ahead of ourselves, John. Thank you.
0: The Angels and the Nationals jerseys are the same. Again, swap out let me
1: writers. explain later and give you actual reference, okay? And give you context. But we'll get there when we get there. The Marlins' black jerseys now, I think, are... I. I I didn't like the rebrand when they got the new stadium. I thought it was it's really ugly that multi-layered M with all the weird colors. But they rebranded a couple years ago, and I think I really like their jersey and logos now, especially their black jersey. So those are some of my favorites. I did leave out some iconic, just basic ones like you know we talk about like the Cardinals and Phillies and like the jerseys that have stayed the same for the last hundred years. The Tigers. I kind of left some of those out because they just. They are solid jerseys. There's no need to redesign them. Um, But they just don't stand out as being a great jersey to me. Although I do like the Tigers kind of like that D in their lettering. So I do like their jerseys quite a bit. I can maybe throw them on there. I do like them. Least favorites, John. Why don't you go ahead and go for yours first since you went first for your favorites. So then I'll get into mine.
0: Well, we've already talked about three of the (laughs) four. The new Orioles with their little looney tunes looking bird guy um not about it i want more sophistication in my logo sophistication you just want noise uh the milwaukee new i think the color scheme is fine i don't really care for like how again like how juvenile the new logo is but the new logo's not new it's the old logo well okay then the old logo but it's just like I don't know. Juvenile. I don't. I don't like those ones that look like they belong in a sticker book for kids. So we're talking
1: about baseball, like baseball, the American pastime. <laughs> you know, built off the little league. And, like, what do you mean? It's no. all about, like,
0: no, it, no, it's a cerebral game. Okay, sophisticated.
1: Spoken like a all true right. person. That never actually played baseball throughout their. their time. Um,
0: I don't like the San Diego Brown. Jerseys, the Friars oh, thing. So good. I just don't. I don't like Were it. Their pinstripes, their really home jerseys with
1: their brown pinstripes and that like very solid logo, like their lettering, the name on the oh, it's so good. I love it.
0: I'm sorry, the UPS truck wants its <laughs> uniform back. Um, and then the other one that I don't like is Houston's current ones. Yeah, um, they're.
1: Eh. Especially the logo. I think they have a really garbage logo
0: specifically. It's it's like so oversimplistic that it's
1: bad. I don't mind their like physical jerseys that much, but their logo is
2: just trash to me. I, I hate that logo. Um,
0: so those are my least favorites.
2: Well, I could throw Houston
1: in there because why miss a chance to beat up on Houston? But I don't think they're, they're, they never, like, stood out as being my least favorite. My least favorite, you're going to hate me for this, is the Mariners. One of my, like, I I think their logo and their jerseys are so outdated. It feels like, it's 30 years old. Like, they need, I feel like they need a rebrand and new update. You know, a couple years ago, they kind of brought back that that M that kind of looks like a trident. I really like that. I like that kind of color scheme that they had going there with that hat. Um
0: I that, think that's that reminds real, me of the Milwaukee uniforms.
1: I, I think it looks really clean. I really like that. I wish they go back to that with the S with like the, you know, whatever you want to call it, the compass in the middle. It's like so much. It's it's very 90s. It's like over 90s for you. Yes. It's overdone. Um the Guardians new logo. Like what is like when you talk about <laughs> juvenile it looked like somebody drew that in high school art class. It's got like that, the, I think c- like the C and the G like in a ball I think in it's between. It's a
0: transitional. It. I think it's a transitional. It better logo.
1: be like they better update that because it is
0: horrible.
1: <laughs> oh my
0: god! I think they ran out of time, Bobby. And
1: I'm not even gonna say that jerseys are that bad. I kind of like their jerseys, just with the C for Cleveland and that color scheme is not bad. But that logo's got to go. It's so bad. Um. The Braves, my brother's going to hate me for saying that, but that's another jersey that feels really dated. And I know it's like, it's a very iconic jersey, it's been around for a long time. The A is fine, but I don't really like, I like when it's all blue and like a white A on their hat. I don't like when they have like the red bill. And I think like the Braves in Atlanta, there's so much going on in the front of their jersey. I just, it's just so much. I, I I just like clean looks, and I think the Braves look really outdated and really kind of just, there's just too much noise. There's just too much going on there, and there's so many different types of colors, and I just, I'm not a big fan of it. I don't see how
0: they're that different from the Cardinals jerseys. I see
1: I'm not a huge fan of Cardinals jerseys either. I'm not, but they're an establishment. St. Louis has been around for a hell of a long time, so that's why I left them out. But it is very similar to St. Louis. I agree with you there, and I'm really not a big fan Of all that noise and like the like you said earlier like the cardinals sitting on the bat on the jersey and like we don't like come on we don't need it's not 1940 like we don't need to see that anymore
0: (laughs) it's offensive
1: and the rockies again a team that started in the 90s and never never moved forward just never did yeah like they really do need an upgrade and like the you know the jagged mountains it's like a really dated old graphic and the cr is fine but their jerseys and their color scheme and everything i'm just not a huge fan of i think that they're pretty ugly
2: i
0: agree with that all right city connect why don't you go first on this uh for the niche listener that even knows what these are
1: so they're nike jerseys so these jerseys are supposed to just like i said connect to like the soul and the spirit of that city so they're really unique in um representing Whatever that city is uh, supposed to be representing. I think there's 14 jerseys out. Not every team has a City Connect. These are alternate jerseys
2: that kind of have a lot more flair to them. My vote for my favorite ones are the White Sox, the Royals, the Marlins, Padres. I think
1: the Padres is going to be a controversial one. And the Giants. I love those jerseys. I I think the White Sox is probably my favorite by far. It says Southside on it. It's a black jersey with white pinstripes. It's so cool. It's so awesome. Um, The Royals, I think, is really clean. I like the the KC and the kind of that... I don't even know how you describe it, the graphic. It's kind of like this line tracing. The Marlins, I think, is really unique. It has a lot of Cuban flair to it. With the red and the white pinstripes and kind of the blue hat. I like the color scheme. I think it's really cool. Um Padres looks like kind of it's like eighties in eighties beach vibe. I just think it's really unique. It looks it's, like it should be a it's Miami. It's like a pink jersey. and like neon green and some yellow in there. I the, think it's they're cool. totally they're ripping off Miami. And well i will i will agree it looks very miami vice for sure but it's very 80s very very
0: 80s feel to it i think they said i think they said oh this worked for miami let's just basically copy it well it's working they nailed it (laughs) love it and the giants
1: i know a lot of people don't like the Giants' city connect but i i do i think they're i think they're really cool all right kind of looks like a space uniform like they should be on the star trek enterprise we'll
2: talk about we'll talk about that in a second but yeah, those are kind of my uh, list so, of favorites for City. I carry. like
0: the. Even though I tease the Padres that they're totally stealing from Miami's success. Uh, I like the Padres one. I like the Marlins one. And I like the White Sox one. Those were the only three that I really like. Well, I'm glad that stood out to me. Everyone that you liked was on my list, too. So, yeah,
1: for once, we kind of agreed to something. We can agree. Talk, let's talk about the bad for a second. The Dodgers. Those jerseys are, like, they just put Los Dodgers and said it was a City Connect jersey, and it's all blue. I don't know who signed off on it. It's just the
0: that. same as their normal jersey. Exactly. But it just says Los Dodgers. I don't like the Los Dodgers on the hat. I it's, think that that's a little redundant. I agree.
1: And it's, like, so much, like, it's, like, it takes up the whole forehead. Um, Bad. Not good. Uh, The Cubs, the Wrigleyville jerseys, it, i really don't like them and just uh wrigleyville across the front again the color scheme is very similar to the, the dodgers city connect i just a little baby blue in there but it i really don't like those jerseys um the brewers too i mean i like their main jerseys but their city connect is like it's such a lazy design it just it's like these powder blue with a little bit of yellow and just says brew crew like just plastered it's a shitty graphic Right on the front, right in the center. Like, there's just no, there's, there's nothing characteristic or unique about it. It's just like, you'd have to take a look at it. It's just this giant lettering as on the front of the jersey, and it's kind of off center. Don't like it. Uh, Rockies, I know a lot of people love the Rockies City Connect, but holy shit, there's so much going on. It's like green, there's like a whole mountain range in the middle of the jersey the logo like i don't even understand the logo i I don't like it there's so much going on the color scheme doesn't make any sense to me the green it's not a pleasant color
0: you think that their home jerseys look like they're from the 90s i think their connect jerseys look like they're from the 90s too
1: they're not yeah not advancing at all on any ground with their logo and jersey And then the Red Sox, it just doesn't, it's a yellow jersey with, like, blue lettering. It looks weird. I don't understand how it connects to Boston. It doesn't make any sense to me. Just weird. It's a weird, it's a weird color scheme. Really weird. Like, blue and yellow together like that, it just, it's really, like, off-putting to look at. So those are kind of my bad, failing grades for City Connect jerseys.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say my bad, just real quick. Uh, the Wrigley Veal, maybe they're going off of like making it look like a pack of gum. Um, they're just kind not of bizarre. A like the blue is not the same color as the typical club's blue, but it's like close enough that you have to do a double take. And that's always a bad thing in graphic design where you're like, oh, wait, those are two different colors of blue. Uh, the the Dodgers I said I didn't like the Los Dodgers on the hat. I think it's fine on the uniform. Uh I don't like the Giants ones. I just like it kind of looks like the hats are good, but the, the G, the big G on the uniform looks like they're trying to be the Guardians or something. Um the Guardians should take notes. And then
2: yeah, Bostons don't make sense to me at all. Uh yeah that's that's mine
1: so i think the idea is that they're every year they're going to be releasing new city connects so like after the next two years every team should have a city connect jersey i'll be interested to see where see like where seattle the yankees go like obviously like i'm i'm obviously going to be more um attached to that but yeah seattle will be interesting and some are they're really hit or miss. Really hit or miss. Some are really And cool. the colors aren't bad are at, at all. And getting back so to the, the Angels thing, John, the Angels City Connect jerseys pretty much look pretty identical to the normal jerseys. That's why I said it's boring, not because it's bad, but because they really didn't differ that much from their normal jerseys. So I'm like, what's the point? Like, do something unique. Do something fun. Like, why make basically the same jersey with just a little bit different like font on the lettering?
2: So that's why it's boring. Just like their superstar, <laughs> I guess.
0: So, anyways, all right. Well, that's what we. Well, think. that was fun. Maybe another day we'll have to do uh, like the NBA logos or and jerseys in other sports. Yeah,
1: I'm down. I'm down. All right, John. I think that's gonna cover it for this week. You have anything else that you want to add? I have nothing else. All right. Make sure to follow us Instagram, Twitter. I'm at Yankee6. John is at Thorpe Theory. Uh, Until next week,
2: everybody enjoy your time. Talk to you later, folks. Toodles.